The following is a conversation. It has the features of any conversation, such as imperfect thoughts, ill-considered and the notion of several your stethoscope in a twist about it. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Hoop Podcast. Welcome back to the Short Code Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine from the students drinking from the med school fire hose. With me today in the SCP studio, some very unscary people here to soothe your spooky season nerves. It's MD PhD student Miranda Skeen. Oh, hello. We've got MD-PhD student Riley B. and Bush. Hello. Over here is M2 Zach Shepard. What's up, everybody? And we've got M2 Elvia Gepnang. Hello, everyone. And PA2 Ethan Shazik. Oh, hey. It's Halloween. Woo-hoo. Yay. 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 What Halloween <laughs> haps are coming up for y'all? What, what's, what's going on in, in med school land for Halloween? Big parties. I got a spooky wedding to go to. It's actually Ooh. not very spooky. It's just a wedding. <laughs> a but spooky wedding. getting married um, is always terrifying. Yeah, yeah. it's always a little terrifying. I agree. Yeah, as a person the, the who literally just got married in the last year, yeah, it's <laughs> awful. Um, so that'll be kind of fun. I have to watch my husband give a best man speech. So that's a little spooky. Oh god, I'm very spooky. I've done that. It was terrifying. We've been very, we've been very good about making sure we stick to like five minutes. Max. It's a good call. Good call. Yeah. So we assume sure. that on the day of, it'll be like eight minutes max. Mm. Uh, we're really. We're really keeping it tight. Good. Tears or no tears, you know. You know, we'll see what happens the day (laughs) of. Maybe I'll like spritz his face with Mm. some pepper spray and Mm -hmm. then he'll just like start bawling. Yep. (laughs) I was in my my best friend's wedding and I officiated my best friend's wedding and I thought that was the sum total of my job. And then it turned out I was also expected to throw together a best man speech. Um, you did not know this. I did not know this, and I basically crapped my pants. <laughs> <laughs> when this I figured, is the story of when Dave crapped his pants. I figured, <laughs> Welcome to Halloween. <laughs> I figured it out. It's all right. I did. I did fine. I did fine. Probably nobody noticed that I was insane. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Halloween parties. I mean, we're all dressed up in the studio today, just mm-hmm. just for fun. But is this what we're wearing as costumes? I don't think so. Well, I. This is actually I. Do have a Black Widow costume on standby, nice. which is bad, but it works. It's bad. So, it, yeah, it's bad. It's just a black bodysuit from Spirit that I sewed some crappy patches onto. There you go. So, but it works. Okay. The wig does ninety percent of the job. Yeah. So I came in today as Barbie, and this is a costume that I put together around thirty minutes ago. Ooh. So I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> That's a good um, one. Yeah. Good, yeah. Thank you. My sister, who lives with me, prepared her costume or has been preparing her costume over the last two weeks. And I just woke up today and I said, well, I have a pink dress and I have a pink purse. That's good enough for me. <laughs> Those are my favorite kind of costumes. The one yeah. that you're like, yeah. you're not actively going out to buy things. Exactly. You're just yeah. making do with what you have. Exactly. And oftentimes that's what I do. And I go as like the same thing every year. Mm-hmm. And that's just what the people will have to deal with. I mean, yeah. okay. at a certain point, that's what Halloween becomes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. But uh, it's fine. I would say, yeah, 
for this costume, I mean, it cost two thousand dollars, so I'd hope I'd wear it for the. Real well, I was going to say that looks yeah. like high quality, it's like right. carbon fibers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. for you, for you <laughs> listeners out there that can't see, it's real authentic medieval chain link armor, mm. and um, that also a second grader would wear. I should yeah. point out. <laughs> it's a little small, and a real medieval axe as well. Right. Yeah, so, it's not actually helping any knives from right. going into vital organs, but that's okay. Exactly. Well, welcome to the show. Thank thanks you. for thank you. Thanks for joining me. Here's something scary. Mm-hmm. <gasps> the ever ranging arms race of the residency match intensifying with each year. Mm. Sure. More Please. and more medical students are doing more and more to get matched. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Ethan, I don't want to leave you out, but I know this Please. is not something that you have to really worry about. No, but always interested to hear about. Yeah. yeah so AJ wanted to, us to talk about research year. Uh, generally the period during med school where a medical student may take time away from the medical school curriculum to perform research and produce, you know, abstracts, presentations, posters, to go to conferences for networking. And it, you know, it's, it's of course different from taking time off from med school for other reasons, like getting another degree or health or family care mm-hmm. or all that kind of stuff, which are all possible. Don't ever think you can't take time off from medical school to take care of yourself. I would encourage you to look into that sort of thing if you need it. But this is research year. So what do you people know about why people do research? First of all, have any of you med students considered taking time off for research? This is the <laughs> silence was deafening. Well, yeah. Cause, cause I was gonna say yeah, because the two MD PhD <laughs> students in the room are glancing at each other, being like, "Do we count? I don't think we. I don't think I we mean, count. You don't count. No. Yeah, I don't think so. So I haven't met a student who is considering taking a research year, but I do know of a student who was a fourth year last year who's currently taking one this year because he wants to go into ophthalmology and it's very competitive and yeah. he knows that that's one way that he can stand out. Yeah, I think that's the big reason why people might do a mm-hmm. research year. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, some residencies are very competitive. And so, yeah. you know, things like ortho and derm and, you know, the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The theory is you need differentiators yeah. um, to I mean, do that. I, I'll speak on this. I think there is nothing the matter with MDs having a solid research foundation because it is a little bit, I mean, as galling as it is when you're a basic scientist and you hear your MD colleagues talk about, oh yeah, we're going to crank out a paper based on these like three patients. It'll take us two months. And it's like, I hate you you so much. I hate you so much. I mean, having MDs who have a very solid understanding of, you know, the scientific method, how to, you know, do solid research that can be peer reviewed, that stands up to peer review, that has a very good statistical foundation, has a good understanding of like controls and caveats and all this. I think there is nothing wrong with that. So I'm honestly, I'm always in favor of like medical students going in to do research. Now, a lot of the times it is to get into more intensive specialties, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, you might also do it because you plan to go into academic medicine and that mm-hmm. would be, yeah, you know, sort of helpful to understand what that might mean. In some cases, I think not everybody that goes into academic medicine does research. They might, yeah, you know. But like focus more on teaching. It's, it's a solid thing that a lot of people choose to do later on in their career is when it's like, oh, I am noticing this trend with my patients. I wonder what would happen if I actually sat down and did real science with it. So doing science as a medical student is a great way to open that door for you mm-hmm. later in your career when you're like, oh, I actually do want to like I want to get published. I want to branch out and do this stuff. If you've already had that foundation in medical school, then you're going to be much more successful when you're like 30, 40, 50 and you want to get this research in as part of your career. 
I think talking about the pros too. Again, just like we are in a different place, but I'm trying to put myself in the position of someone who would think about taking a research year. Another pro is that it breaks up some of the monotony of medical school. Mm-hmm. I was incredibly burnout after like two rotations, internal medicine and yeah. pediatrics. By the time I <laughs> went to my, uh, by the time I went in, and I had taken step one before that as well. So for the record, like I was doing a lot of other things. It wasn't just the two, but still, even mood. like I got to halfway through the core year, and I was so tired, and I could have imagined a world in which it's like yeah i want to just take some time away and go do research for a year because it breaks up that going and seeing patients and constantly being pimped by your attendings and constantly having to study for exams you don't have to study for exams when you're taking a research year Mm. so it not only breaks or prevents burnout in some ways in medical school i don't know if it like for sure prevents it but i could see a world in which it does prevent it but at the same time, getting this research foundation, like this prevention of burnout can last way past medical school. When you're a resident, when you're an attending and say you're really tired of being in clinic, but you have some really interesting patients that you want to learn more about through research, having that foundation of research will make it so much easier for you to say, for you to talk to your boss and ask for a little bit more dedicated research time or ask to be on more research projects. And so if you see that having that crutch down the road on your on your road to whatever yeah. medicine looks like for you, if you see that as something you want, then I would think research is awesome because you it helps you diversify the career. Yeah, it's mm. more it's more tools in your toolbox. I was thinking though that, you know, I think the probably vast majority of people that go into medicine are probably just going to for most of their career just see patients you know they're they're mm-hmm. they're yeah. not necessarily going to do research Wait. but it sounds like I might have been a little wrong about that. It's a good idea to to sort of understand. I mean, yeah, I I think because I was thinking the reason I was thinking that is because, you know, maybe it would be better to really focus during med school on how to understand research publications because i feel like for for many mds that's a real kind of stumbling block Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is understanding like what am i reading in this journal yeah you know is this good research but how better to understand that than to do it i don't know like 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 i feel like a lot of research projects for med student designed for med students are maybe six or eight weeks long mm -hmm. and maybe don't get into like they might be I, i don't know like you guys correct me might be just collecting data and maybe, you know, doing a poster, but not being deeper than mm-hmm. than that. I think it depends. You know, like the concept of taking a full year for research for me to bring it back to Halloween, I think would be akin to, you know, splinters in my fingernails. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like research. Everybody's it, different. Yeah, yes. Everybody is very different in that. And like for me, I think like the compromise that I appreciated was like doing the summer research project and like taking, you know, for me, like. Those dedicated, you know, 12 weeks and really learning more about research. And I think in some projects like Dave, to your credit, you would have things like situations in which it's really just like, oh, I'm doing data crunching and I am like pooling statistics and that's like most of it. But I think even in that, like if you are going to be invested in the process of, you know, a publication, I think like inherently you're going to be doing your, you know, your lit review and things along those lines. And for me, that was one of the most helpful things for like kind of what you mentioned, getting 
my like bearings around me of how to find publications and how to really understand them, like dig into them well was just that experience of like working on like my lit review, having that chance over a few weeks to say, okay, like I have done research this summer and I've learned more about, you know, like in my case, like the corneal endothelium and like what that does and what it looks like. But that in itself and like learning how to do like that lab research, I think was, was quite niche. And I think what the, the broader thing that really helped me out was just having that time that I was exposed to a lot of literature that I was trying to like learn about and synthesize into a greater project. For me, that was yeah. very helpful. And I think like guaranteed you're going to learn more over an entire year than you would a summer. But I, I don't think the whole year is necessary for that process. It, it can definitely help further it, but... Well, I think one reason to do a whole year is because mid school is often sort of very regimented in terms Mm -hmm, of like mm -hmm. what's offered in this semester and what's offered in that (laughs) semester. So if you take Mm -hmm. one semester off, you're really going to have to wait a whole year to get back into the Mm-hmm. into the uh, curriculum properly. I think yeah. the people that would take a full year off would fall probably into two categories. One would be those who are really looking to better their resume. So people going into competitive specialties mm-hmm. or just just specialties that have a huge emphasis on research. The other subsection I think that would go and do a full research year is actually those who are MD candidates that are really interested in doing research but didn't necessarily want to pursue or pursue something like an MD PhD degree. Yeah. And so they still want to be able to have that rigorous year of research, whether that be benchtop based research or chart review based research. And they want to have that foundation for their career down the line. And oftentimes those two cohorts do overlap a little bit, but the cohort that I'm most interested in is those who are just doing it to better their resume because there's something that feels a little spooky about people doing (laughs) things for just resume building. And in some ways I am really turned off by the idea that these residency programs are in some way expecting people to take mm-hmm. y- another year of their mm-hmm, lives mm-hmm. to do something yep. that they inherently don't even really like to do. Yeah, yeah. it may benefit mm-hmm, them, mm-hmm. but they don't like it. Yeah. And that's really unfortunate. But that that's that like a lot goal. of med school. I know. That's <laughs> so why problem. add more? That's <laughs> true. But a whole year extra. I mean, mm-hmm. as a person who's taking literal extra yeah. years of her life <laughs> to do this thing. I can't imagine even another year of it having to do something that I don't actually want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I really think, and I don't know how these competitive specialties rank it, but it should not. If you if you want to go into these competitive specialties and they're really research focused, I think like taking the summer, doing a summer research program is probably advisable. Taking a research year off because if you don't like it. After a few months, your mm-hmm. whole motivation to even do this specialty is going to start to erode because it's like, why am I putting myself through this? Because I hate it. And that, mm-hmm. if you don't like research, that's fine. And I feel like they're, I mean, I don't know. This is the thing. Maybe it is mandatory and I'm sorry, but. <laughs> but is it, I think the other complicated, so I feel like I've heard that some residency programs are in fact research intensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and by residency, I mean like individual programs across the country. Mm-hmm. Not like, yeah. not like, you know, the a, a whole lot of, yeah. ortho, a lot right? of residency yeah. programs mm-hmm. offer like take, you know, two months off and, and so do the, the problem with saying like, I guess the problem I just noticed with saying that, that, you know, you don't do research if you don't want to, is that you don't know where you're going to apply <laughs> mm-hmm. or you don't I know guess, where you're going to really want to get in. But I guess if you didn't do research and you got to that point, you would just not apply to those. Programs. Well, well, let me let me caveat this. I think even if you hate research, I think if you're going into a specialty that values research highly 
like one that's like on the cutting edge of a field. I think it's worth it to, and this might be controversial, but I think it's worth it to just suck it up, like do a summer, learn to do the research. Because here's what I'm thinking. After a summer, you'll understand generally Mm -hmm. how to do research, how it works, what the process is. After a year, you'll get good at it. But mm-hmm. after a summer, you'll at least understand it and appreciate it. And after for a some, summer, you'll be a team player. After a year, you will be much more self-sufficient. Yeah, you'll be more research, independent. I would say. Yeah. And, and for mm-hmm. those fields that like research is almost mandatory for the field, not just for the residency, but for the field. Like, pe- like if you go into some of these fields, mm-hmm. your bosses will expect you to do research, to do patient, to do investigations, to help research teams. Like that's just something that will be expected of your career. So learning how to do it is extremely valuable in medical school yeah. so that you don't mm-hmm. get into residency and have to learn it then. I will also say that like everything in med school, the, the goal with the ex- possible exception of the MD PhD students, the goal might not to become an expert in research. Yeah. The goal is to sort of be exposed to the cons in general. The goal is to be exposed to the concepts involved in research so that when you are in your career later on, you have a basis upon which to build that expertise. Yeah. Just like just like medicine, you know, like you, you come here, you learn medicine, you're really learning the basics. It's residency that teaches you further than that. Yeah. You know? Right. I think it brings up an interesting point too. It just brings up a classic question of, you know, there's a unique onus on a med student or a PA student to develop your skills and repertoire outside of what you're required to do. For example, study for your next test. And I think that's obviously something that doesn't go away, you know, when you're in residency and you have so many obligations and you're attending, you have even more, you know, it's not like it's not like those skills will develop without tending to them. So that's always what's interesting to me, because I think myself and a lot of my classmates included, I think we'll graduate and then by the end of it, we'll have all these tangible skills and then we'll be set. But that's not necessarily true. You know, there's there's always more to learn. So it's just an interesting dilemma to me. Yeah. Do do. PA students do any research? Yeah, so our class, you know, they average these things and like across the board, the hours of research that each student conducted is quite high as opposed to, you know, other programs. But across the country, it's almost always not required. But um, sorry yeah. to clarify, is that in PA school or pre PA? Sorry, school? that's that's pre. Okay. Yeah, because pre PA <laughs> school is sort of, sort of feels different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Actually, in PA school, to my knowledge, I, I haven't met a student that's okay. conducted research. So. So what do you actually do to get research? Well, you probably want to start by finding a mentor, mm-hmm. you know, to, to sort of get you in, get you into a position to learn about that field or learn about the research opportunities within that field, the open questions, and also, of course, with networking. Well, I have stuff to say about the mentor. Oh, podcast. well, you know, say some things. So we're on a podcast. Choosing a mentor, I think, <laughs> I think choosing the mentor is arguably way more important than choosing the research project. Mm-hmm. And here's why. And Miranda is pointing yeah, at me. Th- this is a very common piece of advice I, you get as a PhD this student. This is what I but scream at people trying, like thinking about going into PhD, like going to do a PhD. It's always great when people are like, hey, I'm thinking about a PhD. And Riley's like, shh. God. I'm like, <laughs> you listen to me. I have something to say. Yeah. No, Um, I I just, I fully agree. I already know what you're going to say. I agree 100%. Go for it. So choosing a mentor is, again, like I said already, the most important part. And it's because 
projects will come and go. You're mm. always going to learn something from the project that you're choosing. But if you don't have a mentor that is aligned with your goals for that research year, aligned with your goals for a PhD in our situation, and that mentors you in the style that you want. Say you want weekly meetings with this person so that you can actually bounce ideas off. Say you want to never see them and you want to work like completely on your own. Do you want to work primarily with postdocs? Do you want to work primarily with PhDs? Do you want to work primarily with undergrads? Like Finding the mentor that fits all of your mm. needs for research is going to be the most vital aspect. And by finding a mentor, I mean going in, having a conversation with that person and asking, what are your goals for my research year? And here are my goals for this research year. Yeah. Do mm. they align? So yeah. I want a and, publication. And, and talking to the people that work for them because yes. they're going to tell you all the crap that that mentor probably doesn't even know about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so hang on a second. I, I'm... I'm thinking about the obvious problem with this advice which is how do you find how do you do that honestly i don't know like you guys google okay i I mean because this is like when i was looking for mentors for my phd i knew nobody at iowa so i basically just looked and i'm like okay this is a department i'm interested i mean for me it was like biochemistry but it could just be like look at the department of ophthalmology most academic medicine lists like the people that do research and will list their publications will list their research fields most of them have a lab website I mean, you have to start with being in a field you're interested in, but, and this is kind of a PhD process, but sort of identify a few people you want to work with that you think you would be interested. And then, like Riley said, just sit down, have a meeting, and then figure out from there. Like, basically narrow it down, then have meetings, and then be like, okay, I like you. You're not really in my style type thing. I would also mm-hmm. say that here, at, for, for non-MD, PhD students, here at Iowa, we have a research program, mm-hmm. uh, which has a list of possible of people who are willing to mentor students. And so, yeah, you can go, th- you can go through that list of names. And mm-hmm. if you've got a specific field you're interested, you can find out you know, which mentors are in that field. And then you can start your process of reaching out to them. I yeah. will also say that don't be shy about reaching out to people yeah. they are actually here in part to do that and want to help you or at least should want to talk to you about it people love talking about themselves i like mean mentors yeah. want to tell you about their research yeah like, like yeah. cold emailing is terrifying but like worst case scenario they're just going to tell you like yeah i'm not in a position to take a student right now and then okay good to know there you go. and then that's the end of the conversation no. like no one will ever think less of you for taking the initiative and cold emailing someone who you're interested i like, would say that research a lot of research from what I've heard from you guys over the years, it's all about networking and, and yeah, it's yeah. all about the people. Hugely, yeah. Yeah. And I think, and that's kind of what I what I like to scream about is you don't want to be <laughs> stuck with a mentor. Riley's a big for, screamer. Oh, big screamer. <laughs> if you actually do meet me in real life, I am a loud person, which I'm sure this podcast damps down a little bit. <laughs> I, I got like to it. it. <laughs> Special tools. When Special Riley screams, tools. you listen. <laughs> She's seven feet from the mic right now. <laughs> <laughs> but. Having a mentor that you don't like their personality for a year is going to be a god-awful experience. It's going to be terrible. So what a meeting is going to give you is, one, do your goals align? Two, is this person a good person or are they just not a good person? Are they like not ignoring you throughout the the conversation? Do they Mm -hmm. not see the value that you could bring to their lab? Because in some ways you are bringing value to their lab just as they'll bring value to Mm -hmm. your experience. And the last piece and the most important that Miranda said is talk to the other people in the lab because some people seem really awesome when you talk to them at first and then Mm -hmm. you realize they're kind of a piece of crap. And so talk to the other people in the lab, like 
it is not beyond the scope to ask people in the lab hey yeah. i just want to see how you like your experience in the lab yeah. and, and they're not going to go and talk bad about you to the mentor in reality it's a really good question to ask and it shows the people in the lab that you actually care about the people in the lab. Yeah. And it's not just vetting, you know, is this person going to like a total jerk? It's also just vetting because sometimes people are very bad at identifying their own mentoring styles. Like I think if you asked my PI, my PI, he would say he's extremely hands off. He's not hands off. And that's why we like him is because he's always in the lab being like, hey, how's it going? How can I help? How's everything going? So it's sometimes just the people are very bad at describing their own mentoring styles. So talking to someone that they've mentored is being like, oh, no, he's super hands off or she's like very involved, like is very, very helpful. Going back to that point about reaching out to people and networking and why it's so important. So I came into med school with absolutely no research experience. And I decided at the end of my first year that I wanted to go into ophthalmology. And like we've been talking about, it's a field that is very research intensive. And I had the pleasure and really the honor of meeting a faculty member in the ophthalmology department. And because I took the initiative to get to know her and to hang out with her and to spend time with her, to shadow her, I was able to get the opportunity to do my first research program at the NIH this summer at the National Eye Institute. That's cool. And yeah, I am tremendously um, honored to have had such an opportunity because I... I don't think I would have gotten it had I not gone out of my way to to interact with her and and to get to know her. And going back to Miranda's point, I really walked away from uh, my research experience just having a much greater understanding of research and how it's conducted. I am by no means an expert, Mm -hmm. uh, but I know that when I pursue further or additional research opportunities, I will... I will feel more comfortable once yeah. I actually like take on those projects. And that's something that I'm looking forward to. And yeah. Yeah. And, you, you know, speaking from the PhD side, honestly, when you're working with somebody who's in clinic with patients, like PhDs can't work with clinics mm-hmm. and patients. I mix those up, but <laughs> <laughs> people can't work in patients with clinics. <laughs> they're, they're so, they're so squishy. There's yeah, no, room, there's no room like for the a bench. magic school bus or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we're going to the patient to get yeah. to the clinic. But like when you're having a collaborative relationship between like a PhD researcher and an MD who is involved in the research, having an MD who can speak, el- you know, eloquently and talk, you know, who you can talk to about methodology, about making mm-hmm. sure you're doing controls properly. That is so helpful for a productive relationship. Like, even if you never touch a lab again, Mm -hmm. that is going to be so valuable when you're working with other researchers in the future. Mm -hmm. Just having the vocabulary and having how to Mm -hmm. communicate effectively is 90% of the battle. I I agree. Short Coats, we love to hear from you, no matter what it's about. So call us at 347-SHORT-CT with questions, shower thoughts, complaints about your situation, whatever you like. We'll talk about it on the show. I learned something about research this week. I was what talking. Did you learn? I was talking to Daniel, M- MD PhD student Daniel. Mm, there's a few. And Daniel Sands. Thank Got you. it. Yeah, there's a there's a couple. <laughs> and uh, and he was like, yeah, I got to go up and stain some cells. And I was like, oh, okay. What? I, and I just was like, what? What does that mean? And then he yeah. described this. How did they die. <laughs> yeah. Well, he described this process 
that was definitely not what I thought of as standing. It was like extremely long. Like mm-hmm. he was going to be here <laughs> until the wee hours of the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do standing cells. And my experience with standing cells was like from high school biology where I took a dropper <laughs> and was like, boop. Under, yeah. the, under the thing and poof a cell was stained honestly there are still stains like that i'm sure like poof yeah and then it's nice stained ones. and you're like wow and they're like you don't even have to remove the stain and i'm like thank you so much for <laughs> mm-hmm. so i'm yeah. just i'm just saying that this, this my, is- my understanding of what cell staining was was very narrow <laughs> this is why i like biophysics because we don't work with like a cell too big nope not even work tissue way too big we're like we want this protein and we can use a model cell and we don't even have to deal with your mouse brains or your mouse whatever your freaking slot your immunohisto screw that noise <laughs> too big uh via you mentioned nih correct yes. and this is i was going to bring we were going to bring this up is the nih medical research scholars program mm-hmm. these are sort of more formal i guess application-based um, programs where you can spend a year doing research with the big dogs at, at, at NIH, which mm-hmm. I assume is what you were doing. Actually, no, it is not what I was doing. Well, then I, I was that get wrecked, Dave. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice yeah. try, Dave. God, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I just did a, I want to say, eight weeks summer program. I think that one is a much longer program. Yeah. I think you can spend more than a just a few months at the NIH. I'm not exactly sure if it's six months or if it's a year. Yeah. But, but yeah. I think you're, to your point of having worked with a mentor here and set up that communication, you probably didn't reach out thinking that, oh, this will lead to research at the NIH. Correct, correct. And that's what I want to emphasize is sometimes networking doesn't necessarily come with a goal. Yeah. We talked about the goal-based setting up meetings with research mentors to talk about actually doing research in their labs. You can also just reach out to people and say, hey, I kind of want to just talk to you about your research, yeah. talk a little bit about my life, mm-hmm. and help you help me work through this Mm -hmm. crazy thing that is medicine you can do that and have like a small agenda you should never go in and just be like you tell me what we're talking about yeah but you can go in and say hey i have all these ideas in the world i'm thinking about xyz specialty Mm -hmm. i like xyz research i see you do y research tell me a little bit more about this area to help me determine what i want to do and like in elvira's case it worked out great and she Mm -hmm. got the opportunity that she maybe didn't initially reach out for and so i think that's Mm -hmm. i like applaud you so much for like getting outside of your box and just networking for the sake of networking absolutely thank you Mm -hmm. and a good way if you're ever looking like i think like reaching out you know kind of the cold email way of reaching out to people you know phenomenal something that i did that really helped me so i also did research this summer it was not at the nih and i also want to go into ophthalmology so i'm concerned now <laughs> um, don't compare you yourself to other to people worry about. i'm so scared i'm just wearing my spider-man onesie um, you could say you were spider-man that'll I help could, you know yeah um that's that's a different story if you want to talk she about that she did research the nih but i was spider-man but i was once, spider-man so once yeah. like, twice actually and spiders have compound eyes so that's they, a, yeah yeah they have so, so many eyes eyeballs. Yeah. Okay. The research conferences are a phenomenal way if you are looking at different way to network. So, you know, our school, like, you know, students will go, they'll do their sum of research, they'll come back, they'll present, have posters, have presentations, whatnot. And the advice that I got in this was very helpful for me was I went and I said, okay, like, what are a few different ophthalmology presentations, posters I want to go to? And of course, like the, the research part was interesting, but for me, what was most valuable is I would talk afterwards 
to the student and I would just say, okay, what was your experience with your mentor? And then oftentimes the mentor would come to the presentation and I'd be able to like chat with the mentor. So I met like three or four different ophthalmology researchers and I had a chance, <laughs> ironically didn't work with any of them, but they were like <laughs> great people. And it was really cool to see like their personalities, both in like the students, the presentation and like the, the mentor, like kind of all put together in one really great opportunity. So if you're, you know, going to a school that has like a a research symposium that students present at super fun and a great way to yeah. network, get to know well, people. And, and just like you, just like of your said, uh, you know, putting yourself out there, putting mm-hmm, yourself mm-hmm. in, in situations where you're talking to people. That's how you, that's how it gets mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the remaining questions for students might be like, well, is okay, fine. This mm-hmm. is all great. Is it going to be right for me? And I think there's probably no real good way mm-hmm. to, yeah. The, the only person that, that can question. answer that is you, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got to think about why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to be applying to a competitive residency? You're going to make up for a weak application otherwise? Or, you know, are you showing late interest in a field? Will yeah. this make you a sad person by having to do this? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Also I mean, important. Correct. There's also nothing wrong with just like, if you're if you're an undergrad and you haven't done research, you don't know if you're going to like it, just like go see, just go check, see if you mm. like it. If mm. you hate it, you hate it. That's fine. Mm. A lot of people hate research. I hate some research. If I were to get to be an immunologist, I would retire right now because I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And check different projects like while you're still an, un- an undergrad you can try out different areas of research yeah. try cell-based mm-hmm. research try mm-hmm. animal-based research you could probably even get on some more like clinical translation based research yeah. uh, maybe not as many opportunities for undergrads so try out those different areas if you think you're interested in research one last thing i don't think we've talked about is kind of the finances of a research year because that sounds super scary mm. when you're oh, doing true. medical school but my understanding and correct me if i'm wrong anyone but my understanding is that most research you try to do, you're going to be paid in some yes. way. Yeah. And if you ever are thinking about doing research and you're not going to be paid, know that there is paid research available mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. the undergrad level, at the the medical student level. Mm-hmm. So get your, get your change. But more so for the year, my understanding is that students will typically take a leave of absence from medical school. It doesn't look that it's not that scary, but it means that you're not continuing to pay for medical school during this extra year. Is that correct? I don't, I don't know. know. That might actually key. be true. I yeah. think this is like a key thing for people yeah, to think about. You like, you're not paying for medical school. You're not paying for a fifth year of medical school. And I think most of the time people are on some degree of like a research stipend. I, I should bet re- that's correct. I yeah, almost should text. Right. If, yeah, if, in, a, in a formal program, I feel like most places will at least have a living stipend, if not like you can make money doing this, mm-hmm. you know. We need to get our good friend Ananya to yeah. speak on this because I'm pretty sure she's doing some degree of a research. Yeah, she's she's out at Johns Hopkins right now. I think. But I believe she's getting paid and I don't think she's paying for medical school. So there we go. With our N of one, I believe that that is true. So that way, you know, if you're interested in doing this thing that is research, that way going into medical school, you can have an idea of how long it's going to take and how much it's going to cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good. Let us know if we've answered or let us know if we have missed anything. Yes. about research here. We'd love to hear from you listeners. Call us at 347-SHORT-CT. Email us at shortcodes at gmail.com. We'll talk about it on the show. We'll be waiting by the we'll phone. We'll be waiting by the phone. <laughs> I hired a robot to answer the phone, so it's fine. Okay. Yeah. What's, what's his a, name? What's a ro- uh, I, I only work part-time. <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea for a game. <gasps> I like games. A scary like games. Halloween game that we can Ooh. play. Are you ready? No, no. Maybe. 
Our <laughs> team is ready. There's <laughs> a whole gamut of response right there. Here we go. Pimp each other. No. Yes. yes. That is always a. In great what way? Pimp each other with whatever you want. With what's my middle name? No. I don't know you. I'm sorry. How about we agree on a baseline of knowledge to pimp people at? You. Mm-hmm. I think most of you are PA twos, M twos. Oh, God. If we're doing medical knowledge, I'm so screwed. But you don't have to do medical knowledge. I mean, you know, I I know of at least one situation where, you know, somebody asked about who won the Emu Wars. So, you know. Oh, interesting. The Emu Wars. If you can't come up with anything, I do have a few. I think the Emus did, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's my guess, too. (laughs) I do have some possibilities in a sort of crockery over your left shoulder or over your right shoulder there. Is this the oh, crockery? That's the crockery. <laughs> I have the crockery. Made by a med student, that crockery, by the way. I, didn't, I, I can I don't tell. Just <laughs> ran, ran wow. Okay. Yes, wow. That's nice. beautiful. It's med students have this. That was very made with steady love. hands. Yes. I can they hold this because I've got the Spider-Man hands. hands. <laughs> I mean, on the plus side, I mean, it may, it may, be, it may be unusual, but on the plus side, it's survived many years in the writing and humanities program Shorko Podcast okay. Studio. So. Try not to drop it. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to, if you want to pull from there, or you yeah. can, you can Ooh. ask a regular question. I'm not feeling funny. I, uh, yes, I will read. All right. <clears throat> Wait. Okay. So do you have to pick someone? That yeah, you're you got to pick somebody. Okay. Oh, okay. Ethan, what is the correct pronunciation of the word spelled D U O D E N U M? Oh, easy. Duodenum. That that sounds good that to me. Uh, yeah. That's what about duodenum? Duodenum. Wrong. If you were a younger version of Ethan, you might think that. Don't put uh, it if you were in a version of Ethan like three months ago, you might have even thought that. Okay. So does Ethan get the get the the, the sure. jar now? Oh, sure. Yeah, we'll do a popcorn we'll style. You, Ethan, here's the jar. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's go, Elvira. Let's do this. Okay. What are the cage questions that would be used to assess a dependency on TikTok? Okay. <laughs> and it says use a different TikToker or TikTok trend for each question. Oh gosh. Oh, that is quite the question. Right. Mm, funny thing is, I don't remember what the cage questions were. Okay, yes. Okay, now I remember. I love watching the retrieval of information. I think it starts running a little faster. I mean, sometimes it's so computer-like. Like I'm going through my files. Right. I kind of wish like actual computers would, I don't know, somehow emulate this, you know, with maybe like some LED lights that went up and to the right. And like, <laughs> you know what's even better, though, is when you think that that moment's going to come and then you realize it's not coming. It's never coming. And then yeah. the person's going to have to give an answer to any question. That's, that's my life. Have to, like, okay. Let, let, let's let her answer because I think she might forget. Yeah, 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 yeah. I might forget. So I think I only remember two of the questions. But have you ever have you ever felt the need to cut down on your TikTok use? Mm-hmm. Have you ever felt guilty about watching too many cat TikToks? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. What were the other two? <laughs> what, you know the e. is, yeah, I is eye opener. Yeah. Okay, I forget a. the A. Is it something where when you like, wake up in the when yeah, you wake up. up yeah, when you wake up in the morning, do you feel like you need to watch at least five TikToks in order to function? Every day. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, who watches five? <laughs> <laughs> who has Psychopath. the self-control to stop there? That's right. <laughs> I give myself like a limit. I'm like, Olivia, you have five TikToks. And on the fifth one, I she just throw my phone on the bed. <laughs> because that's, if I don't, then I'll just keep scrolling. That's yeah. so wise. Yeah. So wise. Yeah, thank you. 
And then has anybody ever advised you? Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm. Had, thank you. <laughs> she, I, I, it was Miranda. Oh, thank you. okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Miranda. That's why we brought you here. <laughs> has anyone ever advised you that TikTok will ruin your brain? <laughs> True. All right. I think you've, yeah. I feel okay. like this is my I think you. I think you've <laughs> that was such a great question. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Okay, no. <laughs> for, for our listeners, there's that's one in here that's very paper. thick. It's like two inches wide. That's a, that, I mean, it's, I'm, I, that's, not, that's not a bad one. <laughs> okay. So can I change it? You can change it if you want. Okay. Yeah. I'll Wait. challenge myself. Yeah, who are you asking? Wait, Goodness no. gracious. Who are you asking? Who are you mm. pimping? Riley. So, standard shelf slash boards question. A 44-year-old male with a history of atrial fibrillation presents to the ED with a chief complaint of right-sided weakness onset one hour ago while eating breakfast. Mm. His family reports that he was eating when he dropped his spoon from his right hand and started slurring his speech. Non-contrast CT showed no signs of hemorrhage. The patient is administered TPA and is being prepared for mechanical thrombectomy, which the weekend song (laughs) (laughs) is this facial numbness in reference to thank you so much i would like to answer with what is i can't feel my face when i'm with you so like it's not really fair that she knew that though because because riley was a neuroanatomy tutor if i'm not mistaken i was but surely you give us way too much credit for the record (laughs) um you you did it about two lines into that i was about to like just yell stroke like I, yeah it's a stroke it's a stroke always well, always a, let the question MCA. finish yeah. but this is like, like one sided weakness and slurring it's like they teach you that in first aid but this <laughs> is the worst part about these like first aid or these U world questions is that it'll be a full paragraph oh, and you'll read the whole thing and it'll be like stroke and then they'll be like very last line goes it's a stroke what do you do to treat it and you're yeah. like that's not what I, I was, was a stroke. expecting yeah. like, like I actually, knew the first part you should ask me Riley I'll say in those and those really lengthy vignettes by the end of it for for that one in particular i was just thinking wow the clot thickens yeah oh, damn. Damn. Wow, no 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 you're i'm, I'm proud of you i need to cut down on the bad jokes <laughs> i know no, absolutely not yeah. that was really great are they an eye opener for you <laughs> <laughs> All right, Miranda, wrong answers only. <laughs> Where is P stored? Oh, no. In, in women, P is stored in the uterus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the same place every other disease is stored. Mm-hmm. In, For women. Yeah. For women. In, in, in men, it is in the brain, and it comes out <laughs> when they try to advise women how to do their damn jobs. Wow. When they think too hard. When they mansplain too hard. Yeah, right. when they mansplain too That's why it's like you'll sometimes see their nose running a little bit. It's not. It's not. It is urine. <laughs> All right. All okay. Right. Did anybody not? Oh, yes. Thank you for... Well, everybody's been pimped now. Thank you for so. doing the job. <sighs> Wait, who do we have? Pimped. You can pimp. Pimped. I, I know oh, you the have qu- a, oh, I'm so sorry. Spider-Man. Wrong answers only. People with type 1 diabetes need to inject themselves with what? Wrong answers only? Wrong answers only. Tar. Yep. <laughs> if you, you heard it here first. Very important. Okay. Yeah. Sublingual tar. Sublingual <laughs> injection what, what, themselves. What dosage? 
So they inject themselves under the tongue with tar. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So this is a sublingual, but this is also injection. This is tar. In terms of dosage, I like to go on like tar pit. So I'd say like maybe like start with, you know, go gentle, maybe like 164th of a tar pit. You can ramp up from there. How many um, times a day? I don't know. I'd say every time you say the word flabbergasted. Okay. <laughs> Pretty often. Oh, shoot. I just said it. I just, yeah. So where's right. my tar? <laughs> <laughs> Well, very good. You guys are good at pimping. Excellent. That was a that, fun game. That was a good game. That was a really good game. It's not game. so scary. Yeah, <laughs> it's you fine. Can do it. You, you can, can do it. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do this. <laughs> Shortcoats, if you're enjoying our conversation today, I'd be grateful if you'd let people know by posting a story on Instagram or Facebook or tweeting about us. And don't forget to tag us in your post. Thank you. Here's another question I have to ask mm. you. What's more Halloween than candy? Oh, I love candy. Well, here's the thing. Medical students. <laughs> Nobody asked. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say right okay? It's like a bowl of candy. What's your favorite candy? I, you know, uh... Reese's is just like the I think is just the best way to go like like it, peanut butter cups or, or pieces peanut butter cups you okay. know like I think like thank uh, you yeah I think especially yeah, so in like the, the problem the is like answer. this is a more of an Easter candy but I feel like the perfect ratio of like the chocolate to the peanut butter is actually those like Reese's eggs those uh, things yeah, are like no those are perfect I will eat the, I, I will take the time off my life you know that those will probably oh. supply long how do you term. feel about the Trader Joe's peanut butter cups oh those are so like the dark chocolate ones yeah. see like that's Strong when I'm like hey I want to get that Reese's itch but I also want to be sophisticated so like I'll put on a monocle, <laughs> go over to Trader Joe's and be like, yes, I would like your dark chocolate peanut butter cups, please. Yes, well, thank you. I will put them in the freezer until they're nice and cold and then I will eat them. Yes. yes. They are really well, here's the thing. As a fine gentleman should. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the, the, here's the thing. Medical students have no time, right, in general. So y'all have to be efficient in everything you do. True. So I decided to help you in your busy lives by maximizing your snacking efficiency. Whenever I hear Dave say, I've decided to help you, I my fight or flight response just goes. <laughs> Hurtful. <laughs> to that end, I reactivated the short coat, te- short coat test kitchen for a, the first time in a long time and came up with some two-in-one candies. When you eat one of my candies... You get not one, but two snacks in one, a well-known candy and a well-known snack food. I should ask before we begin, any allergies to snack foods or candies? No. Okay. No. So the question is, though, are they any good? Let's find out. Mm-hmm. And can you figure out the two things that I have combined? I haven't tasted any of these, by the way. This is I terrifying. Don't. This is suddenly <laughs> so terrifying. But maybe we'll discover a, discover a new efficient snacking See, I think the problem is the look situation. of glee. Like that, it wouldn't be so scary if it weren't for the look of glee. Um, also the snakes. On the <laughs> also the, the so snakes I have, aren't helping. I, I made five anticipating five people, but there are six people in the room. And considering that I haven't tasted anything, I, I feel like I, I should also be a victim of here. So, so, I mean, so yeah. I'm going to... We, we, like, we can do it with the participants. It's fine. Okay. I, I'm just very curious and I want to try one. Well, I will, I'll give mine to Dave. No. My, no. I, I, I like that idea. Really, no, I like okay it. for the first one. For the first, first one? Why? So do I have to like Because you have other ones and I'll like rotate. So, we can rotate. Okay. How's that sound? All right. All right. You got to at least try your first one. I imagine myself. So I, for a I want you to look at the packaging is. here. 
Listeners, this is me making sure Dave is not poisoning me, (laughs) making him eat it first. It's it's rule number one in fantasy books that you make them have the poison first. Mm. Okay, question, Dave. Is this the wrapper that they put the Java House pastries in? No, it isn't. Okay. Mm. (laughs) It really feels like it. It might be. Is this the dehydrated duodenum of an animal? All of these ingredients are real candies or snack we foods. We can do some ASMR and, with and these, actually. I, I did wrap these, and when I was wrapping them, I, I'm going to describe, it's basically just a square of parchment paper yeah. wrapped yeah. around these things. Mm-hmm. But what I was thinking was, as I was wrapping these, is maybe I should open a candy shop in like some seaside town somewhere. Mm. You know mm. how they sell fudge in every seaside town? For mm-hmm. sure. First of all, Fudge. <laughs> How Big dare agree. you? Cool. Well, I agree Take that back right now. Fudge is the worst. Well, Take no, no, no. that back. I think fudge is better than taffy. Like Agreed. taffy yes, is like neither fudge is delicious. Taffy is worse. Res- uh, like be live. Yeah. But but fudge, fudge is so good. So uh, so <laughs> maybe also you can help me out. Maybe also while you try these is figure out if people in a seaside town. <laughs> would want to buy this. <laughs> All right, okay. here we go. Let's Are we do... allowed to look at, at it? Is this like blunt? Okay, I can see. Okay, maybe don't smell it because I might give it away. Okay. I, I smelled mine. It didn't smell like anything. This looks this kind of uh, pretty. For those of you who are not at home, this kind of looks like if you took out a section of like your tonsils yep. and <laughs> then kind of like shaped it into a candy. It's a little bloody. Like. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking of a way to describe it, but that was, <laughs> that was great. Okay. I'm, I'm going yeah. to give you a hint about this one. I expected it to come out a very different texture. Okay. Mm. All right. Let's go ahead. Okay. Oh, it's crunchy. Mm-hmm. Ooh. You know what people love on a podcast? I can't hear it. Is people eating food. Mouth noises. Kate is here. Our distinguished Kate. Mm-hmm. Oh, there we go. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I know one of them are hearing this. I know one of them is. I don't yeah. hate it. That's not terrible, but. Oh, wait. I think I, think I might have it. We'll wait, let Kate so. go through. This is where you lose listeners. This <laughs> oh, yeah. Right Mine tastes like something war- I might be allergic to. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, trigger warning if you don't like chewing noises. Maybe turn the podcast off. It's too late. Well, All right. Someone listens Anybody to the wanna- replay, they're just going to, like, yeah, fast or forward this if, part. Or if you really like chewing noises ASMR, we have a chewing yeah. noises edition. Put, put, put it on point five speed because this is about to be your heaven. This actually, is how you should title this this episode: <laughs> Halloween featuring chewing noises. Featuring, featuring chewing noises. Yep. Mm-hmm. The scariest ah. of noises. Well, it's both chewy and crunchy is the problem. Mm-hmm. What would you say are the ingredients? I think one of them is. I'm going to say a tootsie pop. That's a good guess. And my alternate ingredient would be a tortilla chip. Oh, mm, yeah. Wow. I, I'm going to agree good with too. that. Yeah, remember, yeah. there's two. But yeah. I think I, I'm going to agree and say that's the two. Okay. That's I my bet. I'm not 100% pop. sure on the Tootsie Pop because I think it does taste like that, but I don't know how. Do you, can, can you just like melt one of those down? Is that like. <laughs> Because it does have the right texture of a tootsie I did pop. learn a right. lot about what you can and can't melt. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of getting one of those like lifesaver, like the harder candy mm-hmm. thing. Oh. That's what I was thinking. That could but. be. I would be, I would be, the texture of this one changed so much. And actually maybe another one changed so much mm. that I will be surprised. Swedish if- fish. It's Swedish fish. Whoa. Yes. No, you're so 
Swedish fish and, and tortilla chip. He's the only wow. one still chewing enzymes. You've got enzymes, one. So. Is Swedish fish the one? Yes. Is it not tortilla? Oh, man, I thought it was tortilla chip. Is it Cheerios? Like he would Is taste the other one Cheerios? Where you like, put it in your mouth <laughs> no. and then you like, spit it back yeah, out of the bucket. That's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> Dave, that it's like the computer guess. moment you you just mentioned. Like when you're when you wake up, you're like, oh, I have that archive. Yeah. My taste buds were doing that. <laughs> How did I not The moment you said that the, the, the texture had changed, it's like... I know it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't, how did you get that? I'm still not getting I'm it. I'm impressed. I used to work in a kitchen, which probably helps, but. It's the other thing. Yeah. Are we ready for me to reveal the other ingredient? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fritos. Oh. oh. Tortilla chip okay. was close. Okay. okay. So it was a, okay. it was a corn chip. Yeah. Tortilla corn. chip okay. should that, count that for fair. that. Because Fritos are just tortilla <laughs> chips, but thicker and more salt. Yeah. yeah. I definitely tasted the corn chip, but it just mm-hmm. wasn't clicking in my mind. Yeah. Are we? Can we declare this a taste? Since should I sell this by the sea sh- seaside? I would c- give this mm. one out of five sea shanties. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you've got the start of something. Chain improve the texture, and then mm-hmm. maybe we will have something to work. I really with. did not expect it to turn hard as a rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that like was genuinely difficult. Yeah, that was like, hard. Our That's... village will take as many as you have. <laughs> I don't know that it's getting any better. Oh no. Okay. Uh, okay. Here's the next one. Graveyard over here. Um, Intrigue. Yeah, yeah. And we're similar. The aftertaste. I will say the aftertaste of the first one. Not. Okay. This I, one, I, have all, I have all Frito in my oh, aftertaste, yeah, so mine's not bad. Very, I think that like sweet Fritos is, is a weird. <laughs> hmm. It's just a sweet nacho. Okay. Is this a two biter? <laughs> yeah, I, I made the mistake of putting the last one so, completely in my mouth, and it was a rock. This looks so. exactly like the first one, except lumpier. There's also Red. a little bit of a other like colors. There's a tiny bit of like yeah. green oh, in mine, gosh. maybe a little bit of blue. I just sniffed yeah. it. I'm and still I'm not chewing excited. on the first one, so. <laughs> You guys go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I also, uh, I neglected to ask if you have bad teeth or something. <laughs> Approaching denturehood after this. Mm. Oh, gosh. Sensations are happening. <laughs> oh, goodness. If you don't have bad teeth before, oh, is, you now there's, do. They're spicy in here. Yeah, I think there's yeah. spicy Skittles in this. Spicy, spicy Skittles? Whoa. I'm. Well, hold on. Wait, hang on. <laughs> Maybe it's like. Hang on. There, because I'm seeing some. Oh, it's, red a, powder. it's a fire hot a, Cheeto. Che- yeah. Cheetos. Oh. It's a spicy Cheeto. Spicy Cheeto. That, that's a good idea. And Skittles on the outside because there's different colors. I like the Skittles, but there's so much red. Yeah, what and could be, also or like Lifesavers dark... or something. What is this dark thing? Or what Starburst? Mm. No. I could oh, also gummy see, bears? Um... I'm going based on color. Okay, yeah. I got the Cheeto, so I don't need to keep eating the Cheeto. Part. Okay, confirm or deny. Cheetos? Uh, yes, Flaming Hot wow. Cheetos. Flaming Hot Cheetos. Mm. Oh, oh, oh. That's familiar. Ah. This is Fruit Snacks. Okay, mm. interesting. Is it? Mm. Is it's not gummy bears? Is it Narrow gummy bears? I, you're on. You was this a sour gummy patch worms? Yes. Sour patch wow. Zach is just is crushing it. Zach is like candy. Magical. <laughs> that is you're going lying. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like I had a little blue thing here, and I tasted that, and I'm like, oh, that's. Very good. If, yeah, if it's not going to yeah. offend you, I probably won't eat this whole thing because yeah, I would Dave, take it too long to do What? Yeah, okay, so not a seaside. No. I I should have not I been I only came here for nutrition. I don't care about this. <laughs> <laughs> I give that one zero out of five sea stars. I don't know. The presence of you, spice yeah, ranks it, it up slightly. I don't know. If you like spicy sweet candy, you might appreciate this. I don't. So mm. I will pass. All right. Let's try this one. One, two, three, four, five. Um, I think you guys should. I'm, I'm going to give this to you. I'll, I'll, 
And actually, the last one I accidentally made six, I think. So we can all Excellent. Try so Zach just said this is a fun game. And I think he only said that because he's winning. Yeah, I know. No, no, what? <laughs> so he's getting them right. I, I'm here. She's like, this is a new like. definition of the word fun that I was previously <laughs> not aware of. We're an M2 slash PE2 school. I mean, <laughs> I think everything's a competition. Thank you so much. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Ooh, this one actually looks yummy. Uh, it smells like Reese's. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> this is okay. Oh, I'm eating this for sure right this now. This looks cute. Ooh, I smell chocolate. Okay, I'm, and I'm I like chocolate. Hmm. But what kind? I feel like, like I feel like I just like I just want to say that I feel like the I think the chocolate might overpower this one. I'm not sure, but oh, I guess there is a little chocolate. I'm getting some of the the Butterfinger in here. Okay, okay. Oh. I don't. I is it cho- is I, it Butterfinger or is it Reese's peanut? I think butter it cups? tastes like Reese's to me. It really per, tastes like, like Reese's. I, I feel like there's peanut butter in here. Yeah, you're correct. I think it's the crunch yeah. Okay. Confusing. But that makes yeah, me feel like I, I'm just setting Zach up. <laughs> <laughs> Dark chocolate and Reese's peanut butter. Because no, one of them is a snack no, food. No, one of them is. Unless uh, you did Reese's Puffs as the snack food, no, which is I, I did against not. the rules. No, that would be rude. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> that would be rude. Yeah, the There's crunch food. in here. Should we start like doing an archaeology? Is this one tortilla chips? Excavation, yeah. excavation no. so we can get the only, only the snack food out. See, my, the I, problem is I don't know a lot of snack foods. When I tell you, oh, that's so healthy of you. <laughs> is it Frito Lays? No. No, I'm trying to just like is find this, it. I, I, let's move. I would say oh, no. that if I were to give you a hint, I would say let's move away from the top shelf snack foods. Yeah. The ones that you always think of. Mm. The peanut. And maybe go peanut. second one down. Is this like a Triscuit or something? No. So the Triscuit that is a top to shelf. Triscuit is a top shelf snack. How dare you? No. Weep things are also top tier. Come oh, sorry. Uh, the problem is like this one tastes so much wait, like the wait, peanut butter. Wait, 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 wait. Is it corn nuts? No. Damn it. It would be funnier if you did only Trader Joe's items. We had to, we had to be like, Joe O's. <laughs> Just like things that no one really knows yeah, the name of, but yeah. they buy all the time. I think I think you might be stumped. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's not salty what do you enough taste? to be like... Tell, describe what you taste. I taste crumbly Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like Reese's. It's like crunchy. It has a little bit of salt. This one's actually like I would give this a four point yeah, five. Yeah, this one is good. Oh, this one's delicious. Yeah, it's like, Ahoy. It's free for texture. It's kind of weird. It's like chocolate. Oh, wait, Dave, I, I kind of like that. This though. is crumbled off. I haven't bitten this. Do you want to taste it? I would love to. Yes. Yeah. This one's yeah. Pretty good. I also here. have a yeah, piece that I did not actually touch with my I'm lips. I'm gonna give up. Wait. I gave him my piece first. Oh well, I'm gonna look at the crumbs. Is it pretzels? Are there pretzels in this? I feel like pretzels are top shelf. No? Okay. It's not Doth Pretzels. Right? It's, ba- it's good, right? <laughs> it's not bad. It's, it's not, not a bad, bad one. Yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised. Okay, this one is, ready? Yes. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, as you said, and Funyuns. Oh. Wow. Yes. That is a surprise. But that was just That's why crumbly, I said, like, no, I don't think people think of Funyuns. I have usually. a question, yeah. Dave. Yeah. How did you come up with this idea like how did you decide which snacks you were going to mix together i went to a walmart <laughs> and walmart. cruised the aisles and, <laughs> and had ideas as i was I, I knew that i wanted to combine two things mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know halloween you know this is yeah my, how did you get some of these things to melt like, like oh, the, yeah. the Swedish so, fish. How did you do this? I asked around. What research did you do? I, I did. I asked around, like, how would you melt things? <laughs> mm-hmm. And my wife was like, oh, double boiler. 
Yes. And other people said the same thing. And I'm like, do we have a double boiler? She's like, of course we have a double boiler. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Of okay, hang on. Before boiler. you go on, what did you think a double boiler was initially when you heard it? Oh, I what knew did what you was. think I it, okay. it was? You did? Okay. I knew what it was. But you said, do we have a double? A double boiler isn't a thing. Yeah. <laughs> like a double boiler is not an apparatus. Yeah, it is. No. It's, it's a not. it's a special pan with the pan that goes on top. It's just a pan of water and a bowl. Well, Man you can, can do buy. It. Yeah, I was gonna okay. say. I guess there are. If you're bougie, well, I see, guess this is what I, yeah, and, and that is what I thought I was dealing with. I, that you know, somebody said double boiler. I'm like, okay, a pan of water and a and a yeah. thing in the and another pan, and that's where you. But no, we actually own in the very far back of our reaches of our cabinets a, a mm. true double boiling thing. Wow. Anyway, so double boiler. That was the um, advice I got. And so I spent a good half an hour trying to melt Swedish fish wow. in the double boiler, and it did not work. And it, so I ended up microwaving everything, which probably oh. explains why the texture changed in some cases. Yeah, yeah that explains everything. it. I did. Yeah. Oh, that's a very interesting oh. way to go about things, and that makes a lot more sense now. And I also found that, I also found that we, we have these uh, silicone wine cups, which I don't know if you've ever seen these. They're ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know, I know why exactly we have them. what you're them. talking about. I don't know why we have them, but they work great for microwaving sticky things in the microwave. So keep that in your mm-hmm. back pocket if you ever need it. Good to know. Yeah, we're all learning things today. Okay. Yeah. Last I'm, one. I'm annoyed that oh, double boilers exist. <laughs> <laughs> that just really feels like something that didn't need like to be codified. Well, it's like Alton Brown says. I don't know. Monotasker. Check my mouth. Mo- exactly. He doesn't <laughs> like monotasker. <laughs> or a unitasker. Sorry. Right. Unitasker. Latin, not the Greek. Oh. What's your mold for these? Uh, also, Walmart. Also, Walmart. Oh, this one's also hard as a rock. Yeah. Yeah, this one is surprising. Oh, this one, is, this one, when you find out what it is, you won't be surprised. There's oh, okay. liquid in this. I already know what one of them <laughs> is. Yeah, mine's moving. Yeah, yeah, there's some oil. There's definitely Jolly Ranchers in this, and mine yeah. smells like watermelon Jolly Rancher, like oh, apple I'm Jolly Rancher. I'm not getting in the middle of this. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Oh, what the I was able to pinch an edge off of mine. <laughs> I feel like it has to be something that you mixed fully with the Jolly Rancher. Oh my God. Someone's jaw just popped. <laughs> I smell well, mayonnaise. Listeners, this is how hard this is. No mayonnaise. Okay. Oh my God. Oh. That would Unless that was an ingredient so in there. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. Well, I don't like that flavor. Oh. Question. Oh, that's bad. It, question. Are there Doritos in this? That's a good guess. Mm. Okay. Cool Ranch Doritos. Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch wow. Doritos. No. no. Not Cool Ranch. No. Nacho oh. cheese? Yeah. With it, and it is Jolly yeah. Ranchers. With Jolly right? Ranchers. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Damn, Zach. Yeah, no, this yeah. One's, this one's I'm like Doritos. Right I eat a lot. I can recognize. I recognize. Goddamn Doritos. I'm gonna say this was a negative one on the <laughs> yeah, that was sea, a, seaside town. Got forks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't um, getting negative one until I licked a very specific part of it, and then it was like, oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> these flavors, something about that nacho cheese just did not work. These yeah. flavors do not go. Well. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and it was, yeah. you know, I didn't like choose a specific Jolly Rancher. I just dumped a whole different just times in. You know. like I might have to modify like flavor. my sea shanty scale just to say like it's it's not a zero out of five. This is like a zero out of a hundred sea okay. shanty. This is bad. <laughs> just scaled up. This is not no. a good one. Not very a good, good one. Very good. Well, thank you for uh, your help. I hope I've increased your uh, your snacking efficiency for the future. Well, you've made the snacks very hard to eat, which <laughs> could, it could be a goal in and of itself. But think of how long they'll last. Right? <laughs> True. Yeah. 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 I, like I'm imagining just like sitting studying having your one cool ranch jelly rancher <laughs> pop it like, in your mouth for five yeah, like, seconds lick, like, yeah put it down it. <laughs> that, that'll last you a month good weight loss strategy <laughs> that's our show thanks for being on the show with me today you guys appreciate it 
You're welcome. Right, thank, thank you, you for, having for having us. And what kind of dingbat would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcuts, for making us a part of your week? If you knew and you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Thank you to this week's producer, AJ Chowdhury, and this week's editors, Alec Hansen and Katie Hyam Kessler. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College Medicine Student Government, ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Etler saying, don't let the bastards get you down. Happy Halloween. Talk to you in one week. Boo. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Bye-bye. Hi, short coats. Look, life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need. And so I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use. But the bottom line is that for what it's worth, I see you. I know you're out there. I wish I could do more. Maybe I can in ways that I don't understand yet or know about. But I see you and I'm glad you're here and other people are too. This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com.